0: Welcome to the Oddcast, brought to you by the Odyssey NFT experience, seeking to deliver value to creators, collectors, DeFi natives, and DGens. Every episode, we will speak with personalities across the space about all things NFT in an effort to celebrate, explore, and educate about the many facets of this incredible creator economy. I'm your host, Flame, and I'm here with a promise to keep it interesting, uplifting, and always odd. Let's get into it. Today, I have a special guest that I'll get to in a moment, but first I'd like to give you a clear vision of what the Oddcast is all about. We are here to first and foremost celebrate the artists and innovators from all corners of the space within the Odyssey community and beyond. There will be news, there may be alpha, but there will be nothing that should ever be mistaken for financial advice. Always, always, always DYOR friends. And with that, Let's get to our next incredible guest of the oddcast, Yellow. Yellow is a core team member of the Odyssey Marketplace, graphic designer, NFT artist, and founder of the service-oriented Bad Bitches DAO. Hi Yellow, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy that we get to do this. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and give me a little background on how you got into crypto and NFTs and art in general.
1: I have a background in architecture, um, more specifically architectural lighting. And um, I got into crypto in September of 2021 um, through the NFT um, window. And so um, I had a friend who uh, was really into NFTs and he was in Olympus DAO. And so... um, he uh, got me connected with Odyssey, and Odyssey was looking for, um, for like a creative content creator. And so uh, with, my, with my fluency in graphic design, um, I joined Odyssey as um, one of their graphic designers, I suppose. Uh, but eventually, you know, my role at Odyssey sort of uh, evolved into Illustrator. Um, so yeah, that's how I found my way into Web3.
0: So when you got into Web3, did you have any interest in crypto at all or was it more the art side of things that drew you in?
1: Um, (laughs) That's funny. Um, I have heard about Bitcoin in 2017 and have bought some ETH in 2017 and then sold it um, soon after. And so... That was my interest level was I am a non-believer. And so um, when my friend approached me about this uh, NFT thing, he didn't say it was NFTs. He said uh, graphic designer. And so since I was, um, since I was moving around and didn't, and have just settled back down, um, I figured that it would be a mean to an end at that point in time to help me pay rent. And so I was like, yeah, um, I know how to, I know how to design and I don't care if I'm paid in crypto because I know how to get cash for that. And so um, it was, you know, problem solving me. What, um, what can I do now and here so that I can pay rent? And that was the solution that was presented out of nowhere until I took it. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. The opportunities that seem to come along for a lot of people who have gotten involved in the space, they weren't necessarily interested in cryptocurrency, but there are all these opportunities for all different kinds of people, whether they're web designers or backend devs or artists or community managers, you don't have to know anything about DeFi to get involved in the crypto space.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think what I learned early on when I first joined the space was. I have agency over what I create and that had never been the case for me when I'm at work. I'm always following instructions. And so, um, as any, like as a creative person, I'm asked to be creative. And that is mind blowing to me, even though it's the minimal that you can ask of a creative person. And so, um, that aspect of it made it really exciting. Um, and I'm also a self-starter. And so the, The Web3 space is perfect um, for someone who wants to do and who wants to do things quickly. So, yeah, I found myself at home at Odyssey and then eventually started my own initiative.
0: And you joined Odyssey, a team of, I think, mostly relatively experienced people in the crypto space. (laughs) Yeah, and. In the NFT space as well, how did it feel to be a part of that team?
1: Oh, it was so intimidating. I couldn't ask questions because I didn't know where is the the baseline of understanding. And then am I like below the baseline? I'm pretty sure I'm below, but like how far below? And so <laughs> and so I was doing a lot of reading, watching, hearing, and um, sort of uh, volunteering myself for creative projects especially for infographic efforts because infographics you have to really understand what you're trying to communicate in order to distill down the information and so when I volunteer for infographics I remember feeling so stressed that I did that to myself but it was the quickest way to learn and so I was like it's okay I just do it it's fine but it was very intimidating given that the Odyssey team not only, Everyone has been there What seems like the be- from what seems like the beginning, but also they are so divorced from someone who's new. The vocabulary I don't have, the concept I don't get in, uh, in meetings, people were just throwing words around and I have no idea what I'm listening to.
0: And fast forward to now, you are running your own DAO, which we can get into in a little bit. How do you feel now versus when you got started?
1: I feel like I still have a lot of blind spots in the Web3 space. Like tokenomics, I don't really understand that well. DAO governance, I don't understand that well. But I think my heart is in the right place. Like understanding how hard it was for me to onboard and I'm a very active seeker of information and it was still very hard for me. And so for other Persons who are similar to me, especially for a woman to enter the Web3 space, not everyone is bold enough to ask questions. And so, wanting to bridge that gap is where my heart is at. And so, that's what led to the start of the DAO. And I don't feel like I'm equipped to start this DAO, but at the same time, you don't have to know everything. You just have to know where to find the people who know what you don't know. And so, that has been My largest resource was uh, my connection with Odyssey gave me a pool of talent to pull from. And so even though I don't know tokenomics, someone on our team knows tokenomics. I'm a good listener and I'm a good question asker. And so I'm not going to shy away from starting something that I find is meaningful because I don't know everything.
0: I think that's a brave attitude and it's certainly shown through. I've really enjoyed working with you on that team and co-hosting events and watching you just dive in. You know, I think it's really commendable.
1: Yeah. What was your um what was your impression from when I first started because you were there from my very beginning days?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I remember you in the first meeting and I always assume that people know a little bit about this or that and I never try to come off as somebody who knows everything myself. I definitely don't. I still am learning about a lot of the things that you're learning about. Definitely like tokenomics and stuff like that. But yeah, my first impression was I mean, I definitely got an artist vibe and I definitely got a creative vibe. And right away, that just made me feel like, well, she doesn't need to know all this other nerdy crypto stuff. Like, that's not why she's here. So if she has questions, we should just answer them and be cool about it and be welcoming and supportive. Because she's walking into a situation where she probably feels uncomfortable not knowing all these things and all this lingo. And she's asking questions in, what my opinion, a pretty fearless way. So I thought that was really cool.
1: That was cool. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, it was really hard to, like, where, where, do, I, where do I find myself in this team? And it was very disorienting, I would say. Odyssey has a crazy vision and like a very supportive team around it. And so, and the community is huge. And so Odyssey is such a notable um, space to be involved with. And through Odyssey, I met all of the people who are helping me build right now.
0: I know, it's crazy, all the cool networking that happens when you plug into these spaces. You really have connected with a lot of really great people, but I think that also speaks to the fact that you're great people as well. And you're also an amazing artist. I remember not long after I met you, I got to learn about this project that you've been working on called Modern Gods. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So when that friend approached me about Olympus, I was um, contemplating going to Yale for a master in fine arts. And then, and then fast forward, I was working for Odyssey and then learned about NFTs. And I was like, okay, looks like if I, you know, like in between the Yale thing and, uh, and actually attending school, maybe I'll work on an NFT project and see where it goes. And so that's when I started uh, the Modern Gods project. And at that point in time, um, my friend gave me American Gods to read, and I was uh, I was listening to a podcast about Greek mythology. How um, and this podcast is a reflection of a, a series of three books by the author Patrick Garner, and the podcast is I don't know how to say this. Like the premise of these gods is that they are um, that they were never myth, that they're still alive and. They're living as lay people among us. And so the podcast is like a synopsis of what each character, what their personality was like when they were a god and potentially like maybe who they would be in this modern day and age. And so the NFT series is 12 Olympian gods portraits plus Hades. So there are 13 unique illustrations. And um, each of the character. I reimagine them as who they would be in modern time. And, and so I refrained myself from reading Patrick Garner books because I didn't want it to influence the NFT series. So I eventually read uh, one of the books and it's like so incestuous. I couldn't keep reading. I was like, oh my God, this is so disgusting. And so, and it, it has like the books. Has like is so far from the NFT series. That I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry about this. I did my research. This is cool. And so, um, like, a part of me that was worried was because I'm inspired by his stories of how he sees the Olympian gods in modern days, that I might be like the NFT series might be too close to the book. So that's why I decided to read it. But anyway, so these 13 portraits, um, I did a lot of research into who they were um, as Greek gods. And then with those characteristics, try to place them in a very relevant place in the modern world. So, for example, Athena, she is the goddess of wisdom and the goddess of craft. And her craft was weaving. And so her NFT is a portrait of this really sassy looking old lady who lives in the mountains of Vietnam disguised as a hmong grandma and the reason why she's a sassy old lady is because in the origin story of the spider Athena came down from the heavens I guess or wherever she comes from she disguised herself as an old lady and she confronted Aratne about her bragging about like she's the best weaver on earth or like and she's better than the gods so Athena gave her a chance to like recant her words but Aratne was like nope I'm the best and so Athena challenged Aratne into a weaving battle Athena lost and some other stuff happened in between and Athena turned Aratne into a spider so she can weave for life that story of athena stuck with me and so when i was illustrating the athena nft i wanted her to be like this salty old lady who looks very not friendly and so in the nft series athena lives atop a mountain in the Hmong community because the Hmong community is known for their tapestry and athena is on top of the mountains watching down on us quietly recording history in her shed
0: that's so cool. I love that there's all this rich storytelling behind the art. And I know that one of our good friends, Michael J. Rossman, had helped out with that lore as well, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When when I approached him about this NFT series, he was like, yeah, I love to write and I like lores a lot. And so with anything, I was like, well, I'm not a creative writer. And so even though I have a story in my mind, um, I can't write it out. So. MJ took a, took a stab at the story and I was just blown away by how creative he is. Like he has a way with words that's just so amazing.
0: Yeah. And I've noticed that he was really into writing the lore for the characters. And I think when you combine the two things, it really makes for some interesting artwork and it really elevates the NFTs themselves. Mm -hmm. It's intriguing. Like I really want, it makes me want to check it out even more.
1: Yeah. That's definitely the fun part to this NFT series and also the most stressful part because I have to do a lot of research to make sure I'm representing the culture correctly. And uh, it's so crazy, like the Athena NFT. I am sort of familiar with monk culture and I know a little bit about like, oh, this headdress is um, worn during weddings. This one's during ceremony. And I wanted Athena to have like, an everyday headdress, not like she's not going anywhere. She's just existing. And so that was so hard to find because all of the pictures that I can find of Hmong people, they're always like celebrating something. And I, at one point I was like, I found a really cool headdress that looks like this is easy to do every day, right? And uh, it was of another indigenous tribe uh, in Southeast Asia. And it wasn't even Mong culture. And it showed up on my search and I was like, dang it. <laughs> like, how do I know that this is the correct headdress for this culture?
0: I think it's really cool that you're so considerate about making sure that you represent these people from these different cultures accurately, especially when you see so much art that just gets thrown against the wall in the NFT space. And I don't know that you know, a lot of thinking goes into it other than let's just make these things that look like this.
1: Yeah. Well, I am Vietnamese. And so when people represent the Vietnamese culture incorrectly, it rubs me the wrong way. And it doesn't even have to be culture. It could also be like, like my name. It's like a very common name across many countries. And people just spell it wrong. And I've seen my name spelled in so many different ways. That I'm just like, what if you're unsure and you're just making up the spelling, can you just look like, can you just maybe Google it or, you know, look at our contact? And so I think I'm way more sensitive to representing a culture or a person incorrectly because I have been on the forefront of that.
0: That well, makes sense. You know, and I think experience often breeds empathy. And I think it's great that you have that empathy. And I think it's great that you're looking for ways to be of service to other people in the space that need that kind of support. You formed your DAO for that reason, right? Mm -hmm. What's the name of the DAO and what's its primary purpose?
1: The DAO is called Bad Bitches DAO. I am one of the three co-founders. So I found the DAO along with Non-Fungible Keisha and Tiger Lily. And it used to be called Woman in Crypto. And strangely, the word woman makes it very exclusive. When we were Woman in Crypto, Tiger got responses where folks didn't understand why women were needed or like why should there be a space uh, for just women. And so he got a lot of pushback because um, the space was called Woman. And so, modern gods will launch under Woman in Crypto, and uh, will use the fund to support Women in Crypto. And for their talks, we decided that we are going to rebrand to be called Bad Bitches DAO um, to be more inclusive and to bring more lightheartedness into like our DAO and and what our mission is about. And woman, like the word woman, is um, it is exclusive in a way that it ex- like it excludes non-binary folks for me and like it doesn't matter to me if we are not inclusive to males i feel like our male allies or our male cohort have had or have many spaces that support them and so it's not it's not wrong or it's not um we shouldn't be pushed like we shouldn't receive pushback if we want a space that is dedicated to women and the reason why we would want to have a space that is dedicated to women shouldn't be because we are male-hating. It should be that we want a safe space for women to converse and to support each other. Conversations carry out differently when there is not a male presence. And so, Bad Bitches DAO mission is to provide uh, resources for female to thrive in the Web3 space. And so, that support can be logistical support. Hopefully, in the future, it is financial support. And we're also doing like educational courses and workshops for female to find where they thrive in the Web3 space. Like between all of the women that's on the team, we are able to do that for each other. And I think that is a beautiful thing.
0: So do I, I think it's awesome that you are looking to serve that need and help in that way. And I 100% agree. There are plenty of spaces for us, male DGens. We don't need to invade or feel entitled to be everywhere.
1: Yeah, we have plenty of males in our DAO, and that is not, that's not not—that's not an issue at all. I think if you are a male who looks to uplift and support female presence in this space, um, we welcome you with open arms, but we just don't want anyone to shoot us down and saying that we're, what we're doing is not important because we don't believe that it is not important.
0: Yeah, and I think anybody that does, uh, unfortunately, is probably not the happiest person and <laughs> needs to take a look inside. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think what makes the space amazing is that it provides opportunity to all different kinds of people from all different walks. And that kind of diversity attracts more people. And the more people in the space, the better chance that innovation occurs and that there is longevity.
1: Yeah. And even though the access has widened once you go through that door the on-ramp is up the wall and it's only getting more and more difficult to on-ramp it hasn't gone any easier like at the beginning when nfts were you know like simple pfp sure like i understand a simple jpeg that um you have digital ownership to but nfts is evolving it's more and more complicated to have a project that is innovative and catches people's attention. And so that is going to be so intimidating for the next bull cycle when people are trying to onboard onto Web3 because it's really exciting and they're gonna find that it's too complicated. Like I'm feeling that and I've been here.
0: What causes within the crypto space are important to you? And how does it feel to you traversing the space as a woman of color and what opportunities do you want to see better developed for women and people of color in the space in general?
1: It's genuinely important to me that people who try hard and work hard be rewarded. And so if you work hard something and you're putting time and effort into it, I'm more than happy to share all of the resources that I have to make sure you succeed. That is not just me in the Web3 space. That's also me, IRL.
0: I love that. I think that pretty much covers all those bases. What advice do you have for other artists that are interested in getting involved in the space?
1: I wish I qualified to give advice because I still haven't yet to launch my own NFT project. And so I feel like a lot of artists are looking for ownerships over their artwork and autonomy to create and having a chance at being an earning artist. Like that's that's what I want for myself. And so I took a deep dive into Discord and Twitter, hoping to find that opening where I can insert myself as an artist and be, be an earning artist um, so that You know, I can just continue to make art and continue to make a living with my artwork um, and don't have to hustle for something else. And so, I don't know, if if you're interested in NFTs and you want to be an NFT artist, getting to know the space and start making connections so so that when you're ready to launch your NFT project, hopefully it'll go smoothly for you. I feel like in Discord, there's a huge community and reputation is key. And so be a good person and be a nice person. The NFT space is constantly evolving and it feels like the on-ramp is going to get steeper and steeper. And so if you're someone who's interested in the NFT space, I recommend trying to understand it sooner than later because like, the potential for NFTs are being explored and it's, it's getting more and more complicated to understand a project or to keep up with the innovation. And so for example, the, you know, NFT started out as like um as a static JPEG that you have digital ownership to. And now we're at the Anada NFT where it's facial recognition NFTs. And then you have like NFTs like the Euler beats where it's music like uh computer generated um Beats based on mathematical equations of you trying to mint an NFT. And so it's getting way, like, it's getting way over my head. And I'm trying to keep up with these things. And so, if you're an artist who traditional uh, medium is like myself, just like painting on paper, I feel like it's going to be so overwhelming for someone who's going to try to launch an NFT project and feel like, oh, my NFT doesn't move. It's not. Uh, generative art. So how do I keep up? And I think learning about it and uh, finding where you might be best fit now will help you keep up with the innovations and be creative with your thought process as we move forward. And so the on-ramp in my head is going to get steeper and steeper because it's going to be so scary to understand everything.
0: I hear what you're saying and I, I understand the perception of that based on all these crazy complicated projects that are out there and that keep coming out, hopefully some of this innovation will involve simplifying Mm -hmm. people's ability to access the space. And I think that's happening because there's a lot of money involved. So Mm -hmm. I think it will be interesting to see in the next year or two where entities and companies and projects find ways to make it easier for people to, become adopters in the NFT and the crypto space. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have the GameStop wallet. I think that's a big attempt at getting people to cozy up to the idea of having a crypto wallet because MetaMask is, for some people, just it's over
1: their heads. I hear you on like simplifying the on-ramp, but when you're an innovator, I think it's going to be really intimidating because people have so much money in this space and all of the best brains are together, building the best projects. And so, like, how do you penetrate that? How do you, you know, how do you get in with the best of the brains?
0: That is a good question.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like, Bad Bitches Dow is hoping to do that. Is like We're hoping to ease the on-ramp and support you as you go. And so we have to keep up with what the market is doing, and we have to keep up with who's entering the space and who needs help and what form of help they need but I don't think we can take you to the place where you have innovative ideas because that is the person, not the organization. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, 100%. I think you can educate people on how to access the space and how to understand the space, but in terms of ideating, that really it does fall on the potential of the people entering the space.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting, but it's also very scary because you have to keep up.
0: Oh, I hear you. It's daunting and there's stuff happening all the time, even in a bear market. And it does feel difficult to keep up with it all. But Mm -hmm. I will say what Bad Bitches Dow is doing in terms of providing opportunity and comfort for women and whoever else you decide to welcome into your space, that doesn't require innovation. It just requires being a good person and it requires education. And if innovation stems from that, that's wonderful. But I think, honestly, I think you're innovating in your own right. By doing this work, you know, I really respect what you are doing. And even though it's not serving a personal need, I really appreciate it because the more acts of benevolence and kindness in the space, the more inviting it will be for all kinds of people and the more successful we'll all be together.
1: Yeah, I genuinely believe in that, that the rising tide lifts all boats. And so we'll be more successful together.
0: Now for a non-serious question, are there any NFT projects out there that you're into right now? Like, do you have any personal favorites?
1: Personal favorites? I feel like my personal favorites are sort of skewed because I like the artist before I like the project. Uh, For example, Fatty Bag, he has such an amazing story and he is so uplifting. Like starting something new is so hard. And it takes a lot of toll on you emotionally. And so um, I reach out to him all the time and, you know, telling him that I'm feeling really down and I have a lot of doubts. And then he would uh, support me in what I'm doing and give me the prep talk so that I can keep going. So I appreciate him for that. And I uh, I learned of his Genesis series and I love colors, and so when I saw the Genesis series, I immediately have a lot of positive feelings toward the artwork because I already have a lot of positive feelings associated with um, with the anon name Fatty Bag, and I know he was the he was the artist behind it. So that I would say is one of my favorite uh, NFT projects. And then the Anada NFTs, I'm not. That big into anime, uh, nor the aesthetic of anime, but I appreciate the innovation. The technology is so cool, and uh, I listen in to one of their AMAs, and they are excited to build, and they have a vision. And I appreciate people who have a vision and like smart brains that get together to make it happen. To me, that is so exciting as a builder and as someone who's so curious. I just want to be in the know.
0: Well, I definitely appreciate your curiosity. I definitely appreciate your enthusiasm, your perspective, your desire to help others. You're a great artist and an amazing addition to the space. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me on the podcast. You're doing really, really good work. You're bringing a lot of positivity to the space. You are amplifying good vibes and that is exactly what we need right now and forever in crypto and NFTs. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you. I really appreciate how much good energy you give me and your positive thinking toward myself and toward Bad Business
0: Truly a pleasure to have a one-on-one conversation with the amazing and thoughtful Yellow. Incredible artist, builder, and human being. We are grateful for all she does for Odyssey and the NFT space as a whole. Really looking forward to the launch of her project, Modern Gods. We have another great guest lined up for our next episode. Please don't miss it. You'll be able to find it along with all other episodes wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you for continuing to support Odyssey, art and innovation. See you soon.